You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Locked on Bucks. It's Frank Madden. It's locked on. Whew. It was one of those nights. It was uh, <laughs> not a work of art from the Milwaukee Bucks in game one of their Eastern Conference Finals against the Toronto Raptors, but it was a win. It was uh, an actual win. It was a, a moral victory at the same time. Uh, it was a 108 100 win over the Toronto Raptors that. Unlike the last series where we saw the Bucks come out after a long break and really not look prepared to compete with the Boston Celtics, we saw a different Bucks team tonight. We unfortunately did not see a, a Bucks team that came out shooting well or playing at the top of their game, but uh, a monster fourth quarter uh, carries the Bucks 32-17 in that decisive fourth to the victory. And and you know again, it kind of had. Uh, I think we kind of forgot what close Bucks games felt like, at least I did. Um, unfortunately, I had to watch this game while traveling in a, in a hotel room. I think uh, I think if you had video of, of me pacing around and putting my hands on my head and talking to myself and generally looking like uh, a person who was uh, struggling with life uh, for, for those couple hours, pro- probably wouldn't want that getting out, but... Um, <laughs> ultimately the Bucks got where they needed to be. Uh, the big fourth quarter, Brooke Lopez coming through huge 29 points, 11 rebounds, four blocks from Brooke Lopez. Uh, certainly his, his gaudiest stat line since landing in Milwaukee. And, um, you know, after a very, very quiet second round series in particular, not a, not a great first round series either, at least not offensively tonight. He delivered on both ends. Giannis Nedekumbo, I thought, faced very good defense by the Toronto Raptors for, for much of the night. Saw a lot of bodies, uh, saw a lot of help, uh, but did also uh, put together 24 points on 16 shots, 14 boards, 6 assists, couple steals, 3 blocks. Did have 5 turnovers, um, but Giannis, I think, uh, you know, managed it well. I, th- I thought a lot of what we saw from Toronto... Um, some some similar things to what we saw from uh, Boston in, in Game 1, just in terms of you know they have a, a very uh, capable primary defender they can put on him and Pascal Siakam for the most part, and they can bring a lot of help uh, on Giannis, which we saw repeatedly. He did not have a lot of room for spin moves and just you know all the kind of stuff that Giannis likes to do when he's attacking the paint. We just did not get a lot of that uh, available tonight for him, uh, but still ends up with a solid scoring line and. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, great game from him, 15 points on nine shots. Coming off the bench again, he was a game-high plus 18, and it felt like it. Um, great to see Malcolm playing at a high level in 27 minutes, uh, although he was pretty much the only guard who uh, 
uh, actually contributed anything. Rough, rough nights for George Hill. Bad shooting night for Eric Bledsoe. Um, Chris Middleton, also pretty quiet shooting night. We've talked about him and um, the fact that he would likely have a very difficult task, mostly being guarded by Kawhi Leonard. He has 11 points. Did add, though, 11 rebounds, 4 assists uh, on the night and was a plus 10. And, um, you know... I think a lot of the narrative coming out of this game is going to be this feels like a missed opportunity for Toronto. The three-point shooting numbers, especially in the first half, uh, were dramatically in their favor. They were 10 out of 21, Bucks 6 out of 23. Just felt like the Bucks could not hit shots. Toronto was really aggressive. They think they played with more tempo and pace than maybe the Bucks were expecting from them. They're not a super fast-paced team typically. Um, but I thought they... They came out and had really some spells, especially in the first quarter, where they they really kind of took it to the Bucks a bit, and, and the Bucks looked a bit kind of on their heels after kind of a quick start. Giannis scored six quick points, but after that, Toronto started to hit threes, and you know Kyle Lowry, uh, 30 points on 15 shots, seven out of nine from three. We talked about how much he struggled against the Bucks this year, and he had a major mean reversion game, I guess you could say, in in this first game. And you know, again though, Lowry. An awesome night all around. Kawhi Leonard does, does finish with 31 points, 9 rebounds, 3 steals, uh, but in 42 minutes, hits 10 out of 26, um, made one basket in the fourth quarter, and that was off a, a miss, and 1 out of 5 from 3 did hit all 10 of his free throws. Honestly, you can live with that. Uh, 31 points on, on 26 shots and you know about, well, about like 30 shooting possessions or so from like a true shooting perspective. Um I think he'll take that. You know, he's going to be a really high usage guy. We know that he uh, is going to dominate the ball when he's in the game. And I thought Chris Middleton and, and Malcolm Brogdon did, did a really nice job just making him work tonight. Um, Lopez was was great, had a huge block on him uh, in the fourth quarter as well when Kawhi was trying to duck in for uh, a short jump shot. Um, and Bucks really did a nice job containing Pascal Siakam. He, he would, I believe he was 0 for 7 on corner threes tonight, which, again, some luck in that. He's not going to do that every night. We've seen him make those shots against the Bucs. He was in close to mid-30s for the season from three. Obviously, a guy who tends to shoot open threes. Um, but overall, two out of nine from three and just six out of 20 from the field, which uh, which is big because he uh, he was a Bucks killer this season, 24 points a game uh, against the Bucs in the regular season. And um, other than that, you know, not a lot of help for, for the Raptors. It, it ended up actually being a kind of a similar storyline to what we saw in that Philadelphia series where, the bench, it was short bench, Norm Powell, Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Vliet, the only guys who saw action other than the Raptors starters, uh, and nobody really stepping up. Norm Powell had a couple of kind of early-ish threes, but only 10 minutes, and, um, you know, ultimately it was kind of sink or swim with those starters, and, um, you know, ultimately they, they sunk in that in that fourth quarter. And so let, let's get into kind of the usual breakdown. We'll highlight kind of the three best bucks who deserve to be kind of called out in a bit more detail. We'll talk about three numbers that sort of, tell the story of the game and then highlight sort of three good and three bad themes that we saw from, from this game one victory. Uh, three bucks. Got to start with Brooke Lopez. Um, you know, I guess uh, in the spirit of, of mean reversion, you can call this maybe a mean reversion game for Brooke. Um, and I, again, I, you know, he hit some, some huge threes in the fourth quarter, finished four out of 11 from three. So, I mean, really kind of an average percentage night from him had some, real bricks as well, which uh, Bucks had a number of those. We, we saw that Brogdon had a, had a shot that uh, might've come close to cracking the, 
the backboard uh, off uh, a, a real brick from him as well. Just some, um, it just felt like the Bucks were almost kind of rushing them up, almost like they were like throwing them up, sort of saying, "All right, we when does the mean reversion come?" And um, for Brook, it it came uh, in the third quarter from three, or fourth quarter from three, but he was good uh, for much of the game in terms of just being able to also do other things. I mean, he had eight shots, eight out of ten inside the arc. Uh, had a couple of offensive rebounds and putbacks, finishes around the basket, some difficult kind of corkscrewing um, kind of shots in the lane. We, we've seen him make difficult shots like that all season. I don't know why he or how he got so good at these like off-balance, double-clutch, floating sideways type shots, but um, he's got a real knack for that. I mean, it's no secret, Brook Lopez has great touch. Uh, and we saw it uh, repeatedly tonight, and, and he really was a huge part of the Bucks locking down the paint. Um, just 26 points in the paint for Toronto. Um, obviously, that's that's a phenomenal number if you can pull that off uh, against a team like Toronto, which, you know, again, they've got a mix of guys. You know, Siakam obviously wants to really attack the rim. Kawhi obviously can bully the bully ball, get to the rim. Um, and, you know, again, I, th- I thought that was a, obviously big there. Bucks 44 to 26 advantage in the paint. But um feels really good for Brook Lopez. He's obviously a guy who, as I mentioned, has struggled, uh, especially in that last round in the playoffs. But Bucks stuck with him just watching some of the post game. I mean, you know, talking a lot about some of the things we've heard all year, just his teammates believing him in him, encouraging him to shoot, encouraging him to do what he's done all season. And uh, obviously great to see that come through. And, you know, we highlighted this was a series where Marcus Gasol and, uh, and Brooke Lopez, I mean, they are both guys that are big and capable defensively uh, protecting the paint, but they're going to drag each other out to the perimeter. And tonight, obviously, uh, it was Brooke that, you know, went going away, the, the, the winner of that matchup. Gasol just two out of 11, two out of seven from three. He was not bashful putting up threes. We've talked about at times, he, he just looks like he doesn't really want to put up those shots, even when he's open, even though he's shot very well from three uh, this season. Um, did have 12 rebounds, five assists, a couple blocks. So, again, I mean, this was uh, definitely a solid night from Marcus Gasol overall. But uh, in terms of shooting and, and just, you know, making shots, it, it just wasn't there, and especially on a night where Brooke uh, is is so involved in making so many plays with the ball. Uh, it was obviously, a, you know, a Lopez night, a dominating performance from Lopez in that matchup that, that obviously, you know, I think we'll, we'll look back on as being the real differentiator uh, in, in terms of the final outcome. Uh, Giannis Adetokounmpo, you know, as I mentioned, not a, you know, dominant uh, MVP narrative type game, 24 points on 16 shots, hit seven out of 16. So again, less than the usual efficiency uh, we expect to see from Giannis in terms of finishing from the field. Did hit 9 out of 12 from the free throw line. All of those coming in the second half. Uh, did not go to the free throw line once in the first half and then hit 8 out of 10 in the third quarter. Um, so he got going mo- mainly from the line really in the second half. He only hit 1 out of 3 uh, officially from the field in the second half. But uh, again, 9 out of 12 from the line. He was using his aggression and, and forcing uh, the Raptors to have to foul him and uh, you know again give credit to Toronto I thought they did a nice job uh, again just showing him bodies uh, helping out on him and and for large parts of the game I mean they rotated back and, and contested shots also pretty well as well again the Bucks were uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the Bucks shooting I mean they, they started horribly from three for really the first three quarters to be honest and <laughs> got it going a bit in the fourth quarter um, but, uh, you know, give Toronto credit. I mean, I thought they did uh, generally a nice job of being able to both pressure Giannis and then 
help back out on on shooters. Um, I thought as the game went on, Giannis did an increasingly um, really good job of of kind of doing what he started to do more as that Boston series went on. You know, driving to to generate pressure and uh, and kick it out to guys for open looks. You know, again when Giannis drives, I mean he's looking to score. Uh, we know he can make plays and pass. Um, but especially in this series, I think we, we saw it last series, and I think we saw it again this series. He's going to have to be a playmaker um, at times. I mean, he, you know, he can't just have a mindset of, uh, of you know, well, I'm, I'm just going to drive to score. Um, they need him to score, obviously, but they're going to need him to be uh, a great playmaker as well. He certainly could have had a triple-double if, you know, some more of those shots, especially in the first uh, half, go down on, on some of his kickouts. But uh, ultimately six assists and, again, a number of those uh, turning into uh, important uh, important buckets tonight. Uh, and the third guy, Brogdon, I mean, you know, again, you worried with Brogdon coming back from injury if he comes back, I don't want to say too early, but just, you know, anytime you come back for an injury, even if you are 100%, quote-unquote, to get back up to game speed, to get into the rhythm that you need to play at the highest level in the NBA playoffs, it's not easy. And I think we it was very encouraging to see the way Malcolm played coming back in, in game five of the Boston series it was great to be able to knock that out, get in that, you know, first stretch of play to kind of get his legs under him a bit uh, a week ago against Boston. Obviously then you have more time to have him rest up and continue to heal from uh, that plantar fascia tear that, that kept him out almost two months. Um, but he was really good tonight. First half, he hit three out of five threes bucks went six out of 23 total. So Malcolm three out of five, the rest of the team three out of 18, uh, that was big. It was, you know, again, I think a lot of times in these games, you know, when a team is missing, I mean, it, it feels contagious, you know, when it just doesn't seem like anybody's getting anything to go down. And, you know, Malcolm, I think just, you know, you hope that kind of him doing that obviously gives you a boost, kind of lifts you out of the doldrums a little bit of, of feeling like, man, we just cannot make shots tonight. And and obviously it kept the Bucks within touching distance because for long stretches of this game, I mean, they were down double digits in the first quarter, down 34-23 there. Um, and it just seemed like every time the Bucks made a run, Toronto was able to answer. Early third quarter, they make a run. They get it up to 63-62. Bledsoe actually was able to get and make some finishes, getting to the rim. He didn't make a shot in the first half. Gets three in the third quarter. Um, and then Giannis, with a chance to give the Bucks a 64-63 lead, goes to the line, misses both free throws, and the Raptors respond with, I believe it was an 8-0 run. Um, to stretch the lead back out to, to around double digits. So just it was a really frustrating first three quarters. Again, Bucks just not being able to pay off those good looks from three. And, you know, as if to add insult to injury, end of the third quarter, Pascal Siakam, who I mentioned, really wasn't hitting three-pointers all night, two out of nine. He pulls up at the buzzer from three and, and buries a, a long three to make it a seven-point game heading into the fourth quarter. So, again, just felt like the Bucks were kind of battling uphill for so much of the night, especially with the way they were struggling from three. Um, but, you know, again, I thought Brogdon was really steady uh, in terms of being able to give them help, especially, you know, in that first half when nobody else was hitting anything. Uh, and then the fourth quarter, he had a, a transition dunk late uh, as the Bucks were kind of making their run to pull away. Uh, Chris Middleton, phenomenal bounce pass to release Malcolm for, for a dunk. That was um, kind of one of those plays where, I mean, again, like, you know, Malcolm's one of those kind of sneaky dunkers. Um, but, uh, you know, especially with the injury, you're kind of like, is he going to be able to throw that down off his left foot? Um, but he did, and, and that was a huge play overall for the Bucks. And, uh, again, um, you know, not just 
uh, a big fourth quarter. I mean, like as I said, 32 to 17 is the final tally uh, in the fourth quarter. But it wasn't just a, a you know a, a, a domination from the start. I mean, the Bucks got out to a fast start in that fourth quarter. Uh, they get a couple of threes from Brook. Uh, Nico Miritich hit a three. Middleton had finally hit a three. Uh, things finally seemed to be going their way, and they were up 96-91. And then they kind of make some make some bad plays. Chris Middleton uh, has a couple of turnovers, bad decisions. Uh, you know, they just it just felt like every time you thought they could get over the hump. They couldn't. Then they finally get over the hump. And can they kind of get more of that separation that you need to kind of put this game away and give credit to Toronto. They, they came back, they made some shots. Lowry was huge. Every time he got loose again, seven out of nine from three felt like whenever the Raptors needed a shot, somehow they would move the ball and Kyle Lowry would end up wide open. Um, and credit to him. He had a huge game. And I think, it's going to be one of those reasons why this is going to be a tough game to swallow for, for Toronto, just because again, you had such a terrific performance from Lowry. Um, It does feel like a bit of a waste, you know, especially for a guy who has had some, had some tough games in the playoffs, obviously, especially game ones uh, and had obviously his struggles against the bucks this year. So for him to kind of come out and have a monster game to have a double digit lead at various points uh, in the first half and the second half, and then to not be able to close it out, obviously, um, you know, really big for the Bucks and, and tough for, for Toronto. Um, looking at three numbers, yeah, I mentioned 32 to 17. I mean, that that is closing a game out right there. Uh, terrific defense. They hold the Raptors to five out of 22 shooting, just two paint points in that final quarter. Um, you know, Bucks did what they do. They take away the paint. They take away the easy stuff. They force you to shoot from mid-range. They force you to take threes. Uh, and you know, first half that was working for Toronto. Um, you know, forcing those threes, they, they gave up, um, uh, a bunch of threes. And my second number, you compare bucks and Raptors from three bucks, start six out of 33 from deep through three quarters. <laughs> They're 0 for 10 in the third quarter. They, you know, kind of were coming back in spite of their inability to, to really make anything happen from, from deep, which obviously is a, an important part of, of what their offense is about. Um, but five out of 11 in the fourth quarter, the mean reversion finally came. Uh, they finished 11 out of 44. Not great. Uh, you know, again, I think you talk about the bucks and uh, the three point shooting. I often have mentioned, I mean, as much as they are dependent on threes, um, you know, they also tend to be one of the best, uh, teams in terms of attacking the paint tonight was one of the, those games they they ultimately did get beat from the three-point line 15 out of 42 for toronto 11 out of 44 for the bucks but um everything inside the arc you know toronto 38 percent on two-point shots bucks 53 percent on two-point shots you know that's really the story of that 44 to 26 advantage in the paint um you know again lopez maybe helped off of of Gasol more than kind of would be ideal in terms of limiting Gasol's three-point looks with those seven looks that he had. But here's the thing. I mean, they, they got a lot of threes off, but and this is sort of the trade-off that the Bucks always make. They really limited what the Raptors were able to do at the rim. Very few offensive rebounds as well for the Raptors. Uh, Bucks had an 85% defensive rebound rate, which obviously... Um, you will be happy with that. Uh, any, any game that's, that's great. And one of the interesting things tonight was, you know, you look at that rebounding edge. I, I tend to shy away from just looking at like raw rebounds because again, 
offensive and defensive rebounding are very different. You know, some teams obviously don't really prioritize offensive rebounding. I mean, the Bucks certainly don't typically do that. Um, but defensive rebounding obviously is a critical part of your defense. Uh, everybody wants to do that. Bucks have been great at that this year. They were again tonight. But, you know, you think about the offense the Bucks had missing all those shots. 15 offensive rebounds for the Bucks. They end up grabbing 28% of their misses. Um, that's a very good night for them. And especially on a night like this where there are so many opportunities to grab their own misses, um, it was really crucial that they that they do get those. Brooke with four offensive rebounds, Giannis with four offensive rebounds. Um, you know, getting those second chances obviously was was very helpful, especially when you're not seeing those those three point shots go down. And um, you know, again, I, I don't know if that's going to be something we're going to see again in a, in this series. That that's the kind of thing that that could be just a one off. And uh, obviously. If it's a one-off because the Bucks make their threes the rest of the series, you'll be fine not grabbing tons and tons of offensive rebounds. But tonight it was definitely a, a big part of the story and a big part of the reason why the Bucks uh, ultimately had a 60-46 to 46 rebounding edge. Um, three good things. I mentioned, you know, it it felt like a moral victory, which is a weird thing to use in, a, in an actual victory. You know, we usually talk about that as things that kind of bad teams talk about when they almost beat a good team. Well, Bucks have the best record in the league, but this kind of felt like a moral victory because you kind of withstood uh, some hot shooting from the Raptors. Uh, they end up going 10 out of 21 from three to start the game. So you look at 42 total attempts, 10 makes in the first half of that. Second half uh, of their three-point shooting, if you divide it in two, five out of 21. So again, kind of that mean reversion. We talk about it a lot. I think I've said it like five times on this podcast already. Uh Again, you never know in a seven-game series or you know looking at a single game. I mean, you can't count on a uh, you can't count on mean reversion to always always help you. But when you shoot a lot of threes, again, like your sample goes up, right? I mean, if you shoot ten threes, yeah, there's a good chance you may not only make you know one or two of them. If you keep shooting though, and you have guys who can make shots, you trust that eventually you're going to start hitting them, and that's what happened for the Bucks tonight. And and to be able to start to hit shots while they continue to really play really good defense uh, on Toronto in the fourth quarter. I thought, you know, again, that, that just was, was the difference tonight. And, um, you know, we can talk about Kawhi maybe wearing down a bit uh, as the game went on, um, you know, the third quarter uh, they started with uh, Leonard and Lowry uh, scored 20, the first 21 points for Toronto. Um, but, uh, you know, other than Lowry hitting some threes, they took Kawhi really, out of the game in that fourth quarter. Brogdon, I thought, held up remarkably well defensively. Um, you know, he's obviously not not as big as Kawhi in terms of height and, and length. But, you know, it's kind of something we've talked about that I think, you know, our friend Dean Maniot, I think, was the first person who ever <laughs> referred to Malcolm as a uh, an undersized uh, three, really, defensively. And we've seen him obviously struggle at times. Um, when he has to guard point guards, especially quick guards that are trying to get, uh, you know, force him to go over screens um, tonight, facing uh, facing Kawhi a lot. You know, he still had to go over screens sometimes, but uh, I thought, especially when Kawhi just had him sort of one on one, you know, he really used his physicality well and uh, and just was able to to kind of make Kawhi shoot over top of him. Which again, Kawhi can Kawhi can hurt you that way. I mean, again, he's a terrific mid range shooter, mid range player. Um, but and again, that's the kind of the kind of thing that the Bucks are going to take their chances with, right? That's that's the whole math game. The the Giannis did they win? No, they did not. Uh, thing and tonight, uh, we saw it proved out. Um, 
Brogdon was good defensively. Chris Middleton, really good defensively. I thought he, again, you know, all you can do is make Kawhi work. Uh, hope that you don't have to bring tons and tons of help and, and kind of open up wide open shots for our, for teammates. Um, and, you know, again, I think when you talk about, you know, the, the, the good themes of tonight, we talk a lot about clutch offense, but I mean, I think tonight it was really, you know, as much about clutch, clutch defense as clutch offense. Um, again, five out of 21 shooting allowed in that fourth quarter. They really locked down the paint throughout the game. They had 11 blocks, uh, Lopez four, Giannis three. Um, again, using that size and length. And obviously the fact that you can keep Brooke on the court uh, against a guy like Bissell really helps in terms of being able to make sure your interior defense uh, remains really stout and, and you make life really hard there. And, and again, as I mentioned, 38% allowed on two point shots. That's terrific. You know, um, that's an area where the Bucks generally are, are going to win that battle uh, in terms of two point shooting, just because of Giannis in particular uh, tonight, 53%, which, you know, typically you'd probably expect better from the Bucks. Uh, Bledsoe having a rough night is, is certainly a big part of that. Um, but that defense was was really good. And, and again, I think at times, especially that over that first half, I, I thought they looked a bit out of sorts def- defensively. I thought there was overhelping. And, and this is always the balance you have to strike, right? Like how much do you help when the other team is getting the paint and driving? Uh, and how do you you know make sure that, that you're also um, preventing them from getting too much easy stuff going uh, in terms of the three-point line? And, um, you know, eventually, eventually the, the math kind of evened out for the Bucks and, um, certainly, uh, not, not a quarter, uh, too, uh, too late for them given, uh, they kind of left it late. Um, three bad things. I mean, the start obviously was, was worrying. Um, you know, actually, I mean, they, they, they made, I think they were, uh, they, they were up, I think eight, three to start the game. And then Toronto went on a, a, a bit of a run, just starting to make three point shots. Uh, bucks could not hit shots as I've mentioned many times yet in this podcast, uh, down 34-23 after a quarter, and again, it just felt like Bucks battling uphill, and especially in that third quarter, you just worried that they might not be able to to get over the hump. And again, it was not a replay of the Boston game. I think in general there was, um, I think, much better discipline uh, on both sides of the ball than we saw in that Boston game. I think again, this is a game you can point to and say, you know, that Boston series was really instructive for maybe preparing the Bucks against you know again a better team to come out. And again, Toronto's better than Boston, but but certainly. Um, in terms of building the Bucks up and getting the Bucks used to seeing a walled-off defense going up against Giannis, I think certainly the Boston Celtics were, were a very good warm-up in that regard. Um, the point guard position, man, it was rough tonight for the Bucks, and uh, it was great for for Kyle Lowry. Uh, Lowry was tremendous, uh, 30 points on 15 shots. I mean, again, he was just a killer from deep. Uh, was looking to shoot quick and early as well before the Bucks were set. I mean, I think the Bucks um, at times seemed kind of surprised by how quickly the, the Raptors were looking to get up shots maybe. Um, so I think that's one of those things hopefully you, you watch film of after this game and, and bounce back in game two, maybe be a little bit more prepared for it. Um, but Lowry was taking really long, really early threes and, and hitting them. And, uh, you know, Bledsoe really struggled. I mean, I and Hill, man, 0 for 6, this was, again, I'll try it out the mean reversion term again. Tremendous series, obviously, against Boston. Tonight, it was definitely uh, maybe a makeup game for that. The, the basketball god said, all right, George, you've had a pretty awesome couple weeks here. We're going to we're gonna make this night uh, a bit difficult. He's 0 for 6 from the field. Um, 
obviously uh, not the kind of offensive night you, you would expect from George Hill. Uh, and him and Connaughton, who are really kind of the bench stars for the Bucks in the last series, 0 for 8 combined with no points. So, again, you kind of feel like, all right, maybe you get away with something a little bit with those guys struggling so much uh, tonight offensively. But this is why it's so good to have Malcolm Brogdon back. You know, you look at, okay, your bench is screwed if, if George Hill and Pat Connaughton aren't doing their thing. But, you know, the difference is now you have Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench too. And I think it's going to be an interesting question. Does Brogdon come off the bench uh, in game two? When do you bring him back? I think certainly against Kawhi, there's an advantage to to having uh, Jan, or, uh, Malcolm be available uh, to, uh, you know, to, to, to come off the bench and, and stagger him with Chris. Um, but again, I think at some point you're going to move to put Brogdon back in the starting lineup. I think that's ultimately where you're going to be headed. So I think just a kind of a matter of time for uh, until when, when that happens, I think Bud's a kind of coach, you know, as long as you're winning games, he seems like kind of guy is probably going to be loath to really change too much up. I mean, again, the, the only lineup change we saw so far in the playoffs really was after the game one loss against Boston, when Miritich came in for Sterling Brown, who by the way, uh, spent most of tonight. I don't know if it was all of tonight, but spent most 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 of his night in his now signature uh no warm up top on, just just his his playing tank top on and uh and his warm up pants on. So uh nobody is owning that weird look uh as much as Sterling Brown. Shout out Sterling. Uh didn't play tonight. We'll see uh if we we get Sterling at some point in this series. Had some back spasms last series, but um you know for the Bucks, nine man rotation tonight. Connaughton just 11 minutes, which is rare for a guy that has been averaging 30 minutes a game in uh, for much of this playoff series. Um, didn't really have it tonight, though. Uh, but again, Brogdon really carrying the bench with those 15 points in 27 minutes, plus 18. Uh, he was really good. Uh, and, and just, you know, again, so huge for, for the Bucks to have gotten this far, really without Brogdon, and now to have him back, obviously, just, just increases your margin of error. Uh, in a way that, uh, you know, again, it's so important, right? Middleton doesn't have a great game offensively. Giannis, solid, not peak Giannis, um, but to have, you know, and, and Bledsoe obviously struggling mightily, uh, to be able to say, oh, okay, you know what, this is going to be the night that Brooke Lopez goes off. This is going to be the night that Malcolm Brogdon comes back from injury and looks like the old Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, that's what makes the Bucks, uh so tough. And, and again, that depth and, and the fact that on any given night, uh, you're, you know, you know, you're going to get Giannis, uh, you know, you're going to get all-star play from him, hopefully MVP play from him most nights. And then, you know, that you've got all these other guys who can step up and on any given night, you've got, you know, again, probably five guys who can give you kind of uh, number two level production tonight. It's Lopez with, uh, some nice contributions from, uh, from Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I think that's it for now. Um, again, really, really fun finish to uh, a game that was was tough to watch for, for long stretches was frustrating to watch um you know we have not seen the bucks really have to play a game that got as tight as this one has for as long as this one uh, was close and and having the bucks having to fight from behind for as long as as the bucks had to play from behind i mean again they've been down double digits multiple times in this series i think they're now four and one this playoffs uh when they trail by 10 plus points but they haven't had to play Toronto before tonight. And certainly I think just the length of time that they were trailing, you know, normally we saw those third quarters against Boston really were in, in, in Detroit as well. were really decisive tonight. It was a fourth quarter. So um, again, 
go up one nothing. You still have home court. You really, really, really want to obviously pick up this second win in game two to put all the pressure on Toronto going back home and uh, give yourself a chance to to potentially really, really take control of this series uh, heading to Toronto. But first things first, game two upcoming. But uh, again, especially after last series, we know the Bucks can bounce back from a tough loss. Uh, definitely put themselves in a spot tonight where Toronto probably felt like they they were on track to to do what the Celtics did in terms of big, giving the Bucks a one nothing hole. Um, but big credit to the Bucks. Brooke Lopez again. Brooke Lopez, Giannis, Brogdon, uh, and really the defensive efforts uh, from from a full a full team that that obviously came out tonight and um, maybe didn't have their their greatest shooting it. But but I think again we saw that Bucks defense that has been really, uh, really tremendous all season. So um, final numbers, I think 107 offensive rating. So again, not a great offensive night for the Bucs, but uh, 99 defensive rating, which is obviously terrific, especially against a team as talented as Toronto. So anyway, enjoy your Thursday, everybody. Enjoy celebrating a 1-0 Eastern Conference Finals Series lead. Uh, and we'll be back uh, for game two this weekend. Enjoy your Thursday, everybody. Soak in, soak in a win. Hope many of you were out at the Deer District, uh, Deer Garden. Are we saying Deer Garden now? What are, what are we doing? I, I've, I've, I'm seeing different nicknames for the Deer District, but um, awesome, awesome uh, voice of the fans coming through, especially on the TNT post game. The crowd looked awesome uh, on TV. Uh, I know my parents were there. Shout out to to them. They they delivered another win. They're undefeated in the playoffs. Um, so hopefully uh, the second game can match that in terms of the fans really bringing it. And uh, hopefully the Bucks obviously can can bring another win as well. So anyway, I'm Frank Madden. It's been Locked on Bucks. Take care. Talk to you soon.